I'm Bill McMurdo and this is Kingdom Wealth Podcast and we are continuing to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. I said uh, a while back that we were going to be doing a series on this, we've done one message and I just want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, so much in it and of course we know the famous verse in verse 18 that says, Thou shalt remember Yahweh thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which ye swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. But there's so much in this chapter leading into that. And so we're just going to look at it from verse 3 just now, talking about when God led us in, uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness. He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna which thou knowest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Of course, Jesus quoted that to Satan in the wilderness. And we have to understand that the revelation that comes from God's word, and God's word contains substance. That Greek word, hypostasis, in Hebrews 11, verse 1. And what it means is the, the real reality of something, the, the heavenly essence of things. We know that all things matter, all things material, all things in the physical dimension were created uh, from the spirit realm, if you like. God is a spirit. He created these things. Jesus, the Word, created these things. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit created the material universe and from, from spiritual reality, if you like. So, the things that are released from God's word are spirit and life and what we would call hypostasis, the real nature of something, W.E. Vine said, as opposed to the outward manifestation. So your provision that you eat, the bread that you eat, the food and drink, the raiment, the, the shelter that you enjoy in the natural, that comes from the realm of glory, the realm of the spirit, the real essence of what we experience in the material world um, has its source in the glory. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your need according to, or, or you could also say out of his riches in glory by Christ. So what he's reminding them here is that he provided them uh, and sustain them by his word, by his covenantal promise, if you like. So verse 4 says, Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Now, when they were in the wilderness, they couldn't go to shoe shops, they couldn't go to clothes shops, they didn't really have the means to make clothes or, or, or shoes. So God supernaturally sustained them. Isn't that amazing? And then verse 5 says, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Now, we need to receive the chastening of the Lord. Sometimes we mess up and we need to, uh, if you like, undergo chastening. We have to experience chastening. We have to, in fact, we have to accept it. We have to receive it. You know, in the natural you do that. You know, no matter how goody two-shoes you maybe were growing up, and maybe sometimes you weren't so good at issues. So yet you had to receive chastisement. 
And chastisement is not necessarily the same as punishment. It's punishment with a purpose. It's not punishment for the sake of it. It's punishment to teach a lesson. So chastening is something we have to accept from the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will commend us for something, but then he'll start to pick away at what maybe our motives are. Well, you did good there, but was was your motive to get the praise of men or was your motive to, to please the Lord? Do you understand? So chastening is part of this. Now, we're talking here about kingdom wealth. We're talking about walking in abundant super abundant provision but we have to understand that there are principles to this that we, it's not just that we can do what we like we have to we have to do it god's way and that means god will put his finger on our motives on our on our heart on the things that were the reasons why we do things okay if it's just to get wealthy and rich and and you know if, if it's just covetousness that type of thing so god doesn't want us covetous and arrogant. He wants us to experience blessing financially and, and resources, but to have the right heart about it, to have the right spirit about it. So he will chasten us. Therefore, verse 6, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. You see, you're doing okay if you walk in his commandments, uh, to walk in his ways and fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is what brings, the Bible says, Proverbs 22, verse 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. You're safe if you humble yourself under God's mighty hand. You're safe if you have the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord, folks, is not an emotion or a feeling. It's a decision. You have to decide, I'm going to fear him. Amen? And, you know, we're talking here about qualifying to walk in the wealth, the power of God to get wealth. And there is a qualification. The qualification is righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things Jesus said shall be added to you. So you have to live right. You have to be right. You have to be in right standing, good relationship with God. And that means living right. So the qualification, and this is the thing, I want to just say this, this is so important to mention this. A lot of people say that when you get into kingdom wealth or prosperity or financial issues, oh well, you know, that's for carnal Christians, they just want big cars, nice houses, fancy clothes. Let me just say, and they're not very spiritual. People that are focusing on kingdom wealth, prosperity, all that, they're not spiritual Christians. Well, let me tell you this right now. You're not going to walk. And in fact, let me just say, beyond that, the, the realm of financial abundance, super abundant living in terms of finances, resources, and um, you know, financial clout, that is reserved for people who live set apart. It's not for carnal Christians, it's for spiritual Christians, it's for holy people, okay? You, you really can't walk in it unless you're living very close to him. And, that's, and, and all the qualifications that you'll read in Scripture, humility, the fear of the Lord, here, uh, keeping the commandments of the Lord thy God, walk in his ways, fear him. In other words, what he's saying is to qualify to be somebody who functions in kingdom wealth and superabundant resources, 
You have to live close to God. You can't do it being carnal. You can't do it being, you know, uh, lackadaisical about your spiritual walk with God. So it's actually reserved for holy folks. So it's the total opposite of what people say. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't carnal Christians out there who are drawn to a prosperity message because they think, well, this is a get-rich-quick scheme. But what I'm trying to say to you is you can't really walk in it to the extent that you should uh, without really being somebody who sets themselves apart for the purpose of God. You have to live a holy life. You shall keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Then verse 7 says this, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. You know, a lot of people think that God takes them into wilderness living, hard living, hard times. Oh, the Lord took me into hard times. He, Folks, the Bible says he brings you into a good land, not a bad land. Not a cursed land, a blessed land. Now, I'm not saying that you won't experience things. People do. You know, in this world, Jesus says you'll have tribulation. Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there may be stuff that you sometimes have to go through, but your experience is not your portion. Your portion is a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Then verse 8, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey. Now watch this, verse 9. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Now we're living in times right now where there are um, shortages, and some of that is created. Maybe a lot of it is created. Maybe, maybe almost most of it is a created thing in the sense that there are sinister forces that are creating shortages, creating famine, creating um, scarceness. But that's not your portion in the Lord. If you're a believer, it says a land that the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a land where thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. So you don't have to partake in what other people are experiencing right now, uh, the famine that's across the earth. You don't have to. You don't have to sign up for that. Then it says. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. We need to understand that the purpose of God for us is blessing. And it's a blessing where there's no lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. When Yahweh is your shepherd, lack does not feature. Now you need to have the mindset that because, and that's the implication, because Yahweh is your shepherd, you shall not want. You shall not lack. Lack is not your portion. Lack is not to be in your life. You need to bind lack out of your life, just the same as you would resist temptation, just the same as you would you would stand for your healing. You need to stand for uh, that no lack, no limit lifestyle that God says, well, you're not going to lack in that land that I put you in. Now, we're not talking here about going to heaven <laughs> and, and uh, you'll be fighting over there. No, no, you know, we're not talking about mansion over the hilltop, pie in the sky, you know, religiosity thinking. We're talking about what the Bible says is to be your, your portion and therefore your experience. Now, even if you go through stuff, even if you, you have periods or times where you're attacked or, or just you just go through stuff, you're supposed to contend for this in that you stand for it, believe for it, and expect nothing less than this expectation 
is the key to this. You need to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 and other chapters that talk about blessing and understand this is what God wants from me. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Amen. God's will is your prosperity. And let me just say this to you. Ah, well, you know, uh, that's the easy life. Friends, it isn't easy. It is not easy. Because this is something that you you have to fight the devil for, because he he will he will oppose you. Now, once you get to a certain level, that just that whole process becomes a whole lot easier. But you know, um, when they went into the promised land, the children of Israel, and of course they're our example for us that live in the end times. When they went in, they had they had to contend, they had to fight. Now, these things are ours; these blessings are ours. You don't have to fight God for them. And you don't even really need to fight the devil for them because they belong to you. The point I'm trying to say is there will be resistance. But the more you swamp and deluge your thinking, your consciousness, by deluging it, by speaking these words, the Lord my God brings me into a good land a land where I eat bread without scarceness, a land where I don't lack anything, there's no lack in my life, I refuse to lack. When you deluge your thinking with God's word and your consciousness of what this is saying becomes real to you, then you walk in. You see, you walk in as a believer. You walk in what you flood your heart with by flooding your mouth with what God's word says in the matter of supply in the matter of no lack living Yahweh is my shepherd I'll not lie, I refuse to lie lack is not my portion so you have got to speak it to walk in it it's already a reality but the Bible says of itself that it, the word of God that it's a two-edged sword and of course if you read that in Hebrew and especially in Greek, it really means two-mouthed. So if you want to experience what God's word says about you, particularly in this realm that we're talking about of kingdom wealth, of superabundant supply, of the power to get wealth, you've got to speak that. Your mouth has to be the second witness. There has to be two mouths. The two-mouthed sword, God has said it, that's one mouth. That's one edge of the sword. But you've got to put it in your mouth and speak it. Speak it into yourself, speak it into your circumstances, speak it into the earth, speak it into the atmosphere, speak it into your reality. What's real in glory realms has to become real in your realm, in your life, in your circumstances, in your surroundings, in your, in your inner man. So the second mouth, the second edge of the sword, is what you say about what God has said. And if you speak contrary to God's word, you'll not walk in kingdom wealth. But if you speak what he's saying here, well, you know, I'm living in a good land and I don't know scarceness, I don't know lack, it's not my portion, I don't know, I don't experience that. When you speak that, when you say, you know, God's will for me is prosperity, God's will for me is superabundant wealth, for kingdom purposes, of course. Now, it doesn't mean to say you can't enjoy the blessing. But but what it means is you understand you're a steward. You're not just you know you're not J.R. Ewing for those of you old enough to remember, you know, 
You're, it's not so you can be a big shot, but it's so that you can walk as Abraham walked with the blessing of Abraham and his life, the blessing of Yahweh, which makes rich and he adds no toil or sorrow to it. You want to be walking in that patriarchal blessing, the power to get wealth, as the fathers did. We're going to get there. But let's just read uh, towards it just now. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. This is a land that you'll not lack anything. Let's just read that verse again. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. You see, what he's trying to say here is the what's in the land is durable. What's in the land is for your benefit. What's in the land will enrich you and prosper you. Uh, it, it's it's not bad land, it's good land. I mean, it's stones are like iron and there's brass that you can dig out the hills. In verse 10, this is key, this is vital. When thou, thou hast eaten and art full. Well, you know, let me just say this to you. If you believe that poverty is, is God's means of teaching you or blessing you in some kind of way, then how are you ever going to eat and be full? He's talking to people who, he's saying, you're going to experience eating and be full. You're going to, you're going to have good things to eat. You're going to, you're going to be blessed. Then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. What he's saying is, you'll see. You're going to see it. You're going to eat it. You're going to walk in it. You're going to, it's going to be your portion that you will walk in these things. You will see that you'll eat, you'll be full, there'll be a blessing. Amen? And he says, you'll bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. The good land. Brothers and sisters, good land is God's will for you. No scarceness, no lack, no lack, no limit lifestyle. That's God's portion. And that's what he's talking about in verse 18 when we get there. The power of God to get well, that he put upon Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God wants you to walk in that. Of course, Jesus became a curse so that that blessing could come upon you. So we'll leave it there for now. We're still reading through Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll come back to this. That's us up to verse 10 now. We'll continue this next time. Until then, the Lord bless you and walk in this reality and flood your consciousness with it that the Lord thy God leadeth thee into a good land without scarceness or lack of any kind. The Lord bless you. Till next time. Amen.